Hello, everybody, and welcome to Dyslexic Season 3, Episode 20. It's July, which means it's my birthday month, and although my birthday has already passed, um, throughout the entire month to celebrate, we are doing a very special project series all month long, and uh, I would like to welcome you to this series, which is called Dyslexic's Decades Park. What is Dyslexic's Decade Park? Well, it's an imaginary theme park concept that my friends and I will be building all month long on the podcast. Each week, we'll be designing an area of the park themed to a decade, from the 1970s to the 2000s. Each area will have attractions, dining, entertainment, and fun throwbacks for all to enjoy. So take a walk with us and enjoy Dyslexic's Decades Park. This week, we are focusing on our 1990s-themed area of the park. Joining me to help build this section of the park is two of my best friends in the entire world and both dyslexic cast members. The first being the one and only icon herself, Victoria. Hello and welcome back, Victoria. Hello, it's about damn time you brought me back. I know, it's been a minute. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. I'm glad you called me out for it because I deserve that. And also joining us is the Toaster King of the North, which is my personal nickname for him, but I think the title's uh, bestowed upon him. Um, And the winner of Ultimate Imagineer Season 2, it's Parker. Welcome back, Parker. Booyah, home skillet. That was everything (laughs) I could have ever... I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I almost missed the opportunity. That's all I ever wanted. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That was a lot. Look. <laughs> that was a lot. <laughs> I never said I was part in sync. I just said. Okay, moving on. <laughs> We're all that into mega chips. Mm-hmm. Lord. Um It's slime. That's all I can think of. <laughs> But um, welcome back and thank you for joining us. And I am so excited to have you back. Good to be back. Fantastic. Okay, <laughs> now let's get started on this bomb.com section of the park. And I know if you hate that, I don't care. I'm doing a little bit for every different decade. So just get over it. <laughs> 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 but since we're focusing on our 1990s section of the park... Um, let's go ahead and start with our ride concepts. And Victoria, let's start with you. What's your first ride concept? All right. Let me just uh, pull out my notes here. So Out of your traffic keeper. Yeah. Um, <laughs> am, I doing both of my, am I doing both of my rides? <laughs> just, just do the first one. Just do the first one. Okay. And then we'll come back to it. <laughs> so... If you are familiar with uh, Spider-Man at IOA or Flight of Passage at Animal Kingdom, um, I have a ride that kind of utilizes either one of those. So my idea was a gargoyle-themed dark ride. Oh my gosh, yes. So it would be... And I couldn't figure out which ride vehicle I wanted to do it. So if I did it the Spider-Man way, you would basically go through the gargoyle, go with the gargoyles through New York. I think they're in New York. It's been a while since I walked. Yeah, they're, they're in New York. Mm-hmm. They always in New York. Somebody always in New York. The point is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're going through New York with them. I didn't figure out the vehicle. I just know you're gonna be there. <laughs> so you're gonna be going through New York with the gargoyles to stop the Xanatos Enterprises from attempting to control them and to take over the city. Fairly simple. It's like a little journey. Fairly simple, fairly theme park style. Now, if it's Flight of Passage style, it would be the same, but um, you would be riding with the gargoyles. So I don't know if you'd be like riding on their back or like just like riding next to them. I didn't really get that far into the planning, but it's the same thing. You're just gonna be helping them stop um, David Zanato's plan. And you'll be getting amazing <clears throat> of the adventure and the city. And they'll be like, you'll smell the city and you'll like feel rain. And there's got to be a signature scent. So I was going to do like, I don't know, New York City sewer or something <laughs> like that. I was like, I don't know, stone, rock. 
Well, my thing is, the reason I said smells is because I freaking hate E.T. at Orlando and everyone raves about that god dang grass or wood smell or whatever. And I think it's so freaking SD. So I was like, <laughs> if they can like the grass, they can like the New York City sewer. So oh, no! <laughs> like, get that real New York experience. You said come ride gargoyles the ride, but like, bring nose plugs. <laughs> <laughs> and then we can make a candle out of it too. I'm thinking of no. merchandise. I'm thinking of merchandise. Magic Candle Company, don't do that. We're not selling that candle at the. <laughs> just, just call it like gargoyle, New York gargoyle or something. I don't know. Gargoyle poo water. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> Look, the point is, I, I based it off of ET because I don't like it. <laughs> Why did you base it off of ET? <laughs> right, it's creepy. Oh my gosh, this is why I love having you on because you always throw me the biggest curveballs that I never expect. But yes, gargoyle is the dark ride. Yeah. I <laughs> love that. With, with all the jokes aside, I can like sit here and think about like watching Toon Disney and watching gargoyles and like Rescue Rangers and all those like classic, you know, Disney afternoon cartoons and. I can, I can, like, think about flying over New York and hearing that, like, iconic Gargoyles, like, theme song music at the end. Like, and I want to... Like, it was so Shakespearean. It, I know. Like, I would walk out of the ride being ready to fight somebody <laughs> with that music. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That would be amazing. I love that concept, honestly. All jokes aside, I think it's a really solid concept, except for maybe the sewer water. But, you know what? That's not for discussion. That's not for discussion. It's on the table. Ew. <laughs> get it off the table. Get with it. Get it off the table. <laughs> yeah, the uh, we're going to need the sanitation department to the gargoyles ride, please. <laughs> Look, that's even oh, did somebody grow up? See? No. See, Parker's smell. making a good point. That can be what the cast members are. <laughs> They're gonna have we to be. Go they're gonna have to have <laughs> mods for when people get off the ride and smell poop. Look, you're, you, they get in the New York experience. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And it is not true. New York. It's, it's authentic. Not, it's, not, it's not family friendly today, in New York. It's '90s New York. So exactly. You're right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. Okay. Parker, we're going to hop over to you. What's your first ride concept for our 90s-themed area? Okay, well, one thing that the 90s was really well-known for was the fact that dinosaurs were really popular. So, I have created Expedition Dynamite featuring Bill Nye. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I love it. Go on. Mm -hmm. So essentially, uh, the whole concept is that you have been invited to the Science Rules Expo, which is basically a big science convention, and Bill Nye is the headliner. So when you enter the queue, you're surrounded by different displays of uh, just basically different uh, discoveries and technologies that came out in the 90s, and um, there's different things that you can interact with. So like you could push a button and make a test tube explode or something. It's just all this cool science shit. Wow, with this man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, a beeper. (laughs) <laughs> I can't, I can't. Also, science rules is the most genuinely 90s thing I've ever heard. Right? <laughs> it truly is. It truly is. But anyways, oh, okay. uh, <laughs> you make your way all through the queue, and you end up reaching the main atrium, which is where you start to see a bunch of dinosaur stuff. Like, there's fossils and all that around the room. And then um, in the center of this room... Um, I kind of imagine it if you've ever seen like videos of the Web Slingers pre-show where um, Bill and I will be on a screen, but the counter will be in front. So it'll kind of look like he's in the room. Anyways, uh, he appears and he says that a group of scientists have created this time traveling vehicle and you get to be the first ones to try it. And your goal is to go back to the late Cretaceous and observe a herd of Triceratops and basically report on just what Triceratops do. I don't know, but... You're just going to take field notes. Uh, Triceratops. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Uh, so anyways, you were escorted to the next room and you board your vehicle. And over the audio system, Bill Nye explains that you're going to be blasted with this high energy ray that's going to send you back in time. So uh, all these lights flash. You're, uh, this is a coaster, by the way. I should probably explain that. Um, I kind of imagine something like um, the upcoming, uh, what's it called? The Guardians of the Galaxy coaster coming Mission to Epcot. Rewind. That's yeah. it. Um, so your vehicles start to spin, and then all of a sudden you're launched backwards out of the station, and all these lights flash, you're traveling back in time, and you end up in a late Cretaceous jungle. Uh, so after that little whole blast to the past, <laughs> you kind of regain your uh, focus, and um, you're kind of just going through this jungle, and um, it kind of goes through more of a just slower dark ride sections. So you're seeing a bunch of herbivorous dinosaurs, nice dinosaurs. And all of a sudden you find your group of uh, triceratops and you're just watching them for a bit, but then something seems weird. They start grouping up, they form this little circle and you hear Bill Nye on the intercom like, wow, this is fascinating. Scientists have predicted that triceratops will form these protective circles around their young in the presence of carnivores. All of a sudden, oh crap! You hear this roar. Your vehicle spins around, does a 180, and reveals that this huge T-Rex is just looming over you. I and would then... poop myself in <laughs> 0.2 seconds if my ride vehicle turned around and there's just this giant T-Rex animatronic. <laughs> oh my god! I would literally shit myself. Exactly. I, like there would be. That janitors have to be at that ride too because I would be so <laughs> scared with being whipped around and then boom, T Rex. Like that would scare me to death. But continue. I mean, that's the point. Exactly. Continue. That is the point. Thank you. I'm glad that came across. But, anyways, like obviously, you got to get out of there as fast as you can. So uh, you launch away and you end up among this like rock work and you're twisting and turning, doing all these bank turns and sharp drops. And um, you're basically kind of climbing up this mountain. Uh, but then you, when you reach the top of the mountain, you, your vehicle, quote unquote, bumps. It doesn't really touch it, but it's kind of like a near miss effect with a uh, pteranodon that's just flying over the top of the mountain. And <laughs> naturally, of course. And when that bump happens, your vehicles spin out of control again. So you keep going. Um, but once you were done with all that chaos and you kind of regain yourself again, you find out you are in a rafter nest. And uh, Bill Nye comes on the intercom like, oh, seems like you guys landed in a rafter nest. Rafters are known to, uh, I don't know what speed they go at, but they go fast. Rafters go fast. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden you see the rafters kind of approaching your vehicle and starting to lunge at you. And Bill Nye is like, speaking of which, you need to go fast too. So then you launch again and just go through more coaster part. And for the finale, you have <clears> one <throat> last encounter with the T-Rex. It seems to back you up against this rock ledge. You seem It seems like there's nowhere to go. It's closing in on you. And when it takes its final lunge, your track drops down and you've yes. been brought back to your presence. And you are safe, Bill Nye. Thanks you for your adventure. And then on the exit, I feel like it'd be cool to have a fun little dino play area for the kids who um, might be too small or too scared to go on it. But yeah, that is Dynamite Adventure featuring Bill Nye. I love that. I like that. Thank you. Continue. The first thing I thought was as soon as you're on like the the brake run of like like exiting your car, the first thing I thought was. I just feel, uh, knowing you, a big part of me thought you were going to be like, and then as you're getting off, all you hear on the speakers is, Bill, 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 Bill. Oh, <laughs> we are adding that in. We are adding that in. <laughs> but that is, that, is such, that is such a good concept because you're right. The dinosaur, dinosaurs were just a huge thing that you had Jurassic Park. You had Land Before Time, which I'm surprised there's not a Land Before Time attraction because I had like 17 movies, there I was, swear. Yes, I think there was supposed to be. Like, I love yeah, well, those. 
Yeah, well, Land Before Time was supposed to be um, in Cartoon World, but then when it got changed to Islands of Adventure, then they put in Jurassic Park instead. Right. But the original oh. concept from River Adventure was Land Before Time, and there was going to be like a tree star cafe or something in the middle of it. <gasps> I would die to eat a tree star. Like, I know it's a leaf, but like, still. <laughs> also, if I could meet, um, uh, um, you can do it. Petrie. Petri <laughs> yes. was like my everything as a kid. I was Same. so with Petri. But yeah, dinosaurs. Plus there was dinosaur. This <laughs> the TV show. There was We're Back. There was there was a lot of di- that was a really good <laughs> dinosaurs were a whole thing. Like dinosaurs were <laughs> Dinosaurs were it. Like dinosaurs were the creatures of the night. <laughs> I thought about it for a second and I was like (laughs) I was like what that was a questionable way to say that (laughs) no one I no one's judging you (laughs) (laughs) except everyone (laughs) yeah well just a little bit it's okay (laughs) look I was trying to be nice (laughs) (laughs) okay so um for me, I have three ride concepts. Um, one is a backup, just in case one of you two has my ride. And I just came up with a fourth, but I'll talk. I'll talk about that in the, the extras because I don't. I don't need that one. Doesn't need too much detail. But um, I'm gonna start with my less favorite of the two concepts, and it is uh, based on one of my favorite movies from the '90s, something I watched all the time, and it is called Voyage of the Page Master. Oh. And I don't know, I know Pagemaster wasn't like, huh? I don't know what that is. So the Pagemaster was this movie and it wasn't like a critical success, but it did do well enough to be notable. Um, It was a movie starring Christopher Lloyd and Macaulay Culkin. And uh, yeah, and uh, basically Macaulay Culkin's character was this very shy, antsy, anxiety-filled kid who was obsessed with, like, statistics and keeping himself safe. And his dad wanted him to be a kid and stop being so worried and, like, go out and adventure, which I guess is kind of problematic today, because you would think, like, anxiety disorder. But at the time, you know, it was the 90s, so... Yeah, it was was a time. Yeah. Um, But basically, his dad makes him go to the library to return some books. Um... But he has to ride his bike instead of his dad driving him because he's he's like, you need to do stuff. Like, you need to be a kid. And so he goes to the library. And in the library, uh, there's a storm outside. He ends up slipping and hitting his head. Um, oh. Yeah, it's, it, it's scary. But, like, the, the whole thing is what happens is he... Uh, well, no, that's not what happens. What happens is he's exploring the library and there's, like, this really beautiful painting thing on the ceiling and then it comes to life he turns into a cartoon and he has to travel through the worlds of fantasy adventure and horror with three books that are named fantasy adventure and, hor- and uh, horror and uh yeah ha- through that he learns to adventure and explore and be brave and be a kid and have fun and use his imagination nice and that is the movie so my ride um in the movie there are a lot of scenes that involve water um water and or paint so like liquids and so mm-hmm. my ride is a uh, boy to the page master and it is a log flume attraction <clears throat> and okay. so uh, what i've kind of been doing is writing up pitches to give the idea of what it so i have joined uh richard tyler on his white on this whitewater log flume adventure through the iconic books of the library joined by adventure horror and fantasy as you travel through medieval times the classic works of horror and even into the worlds of adventure watch out because you might get wet on this journey through the classics now um on this ride it is it is a log flume attraction because we don't have one of those in the park yet and so um you enter into the library just like he did and you know you're you're going through the different sections the horror sections the fantasy sections the adventure sections etc of the library for the genres and then you get to the beautiful painted ceiling that um is in the movie and that's your pre-show area and just like in the movie the ceiling starts to you know using screen effects around you and stuff starts to drip down 
and um, the paint starts flowing from around the library like it does in the movie and eventually engulfs you like it does him and takes you into the animated world of the stories. Um, so uh, you then uh, board your log and travel through the the worlds of adventure where you see, you know, Alice in Wonderland, or sorry, the worlds of fantasy where you see Alice in Wonderland and medieval times and knights and castles and dragons and um, classic fantasy stories um, and literature, you know, uh, things like I, like Alice in Wonderland is, is what I meant to say. And as you go through that section, you end up uh, picking up your next book, uh, which is horror and uh, with horror, you're going through uh, Jekyll and Hyde, which is in the movie, Frankenstein, um, movies like that around like dark, spooky castles as these characters pop out and give you a little scare, but it's a family-friendly attraction, so they're not like terrifying you, just a little <laughs> pop-up scare. Okay. Um, and then you end up in the worlds of adventure, and in the movie, they go through uh, Treasure Island and Moby Dick, and um, you go through those stories, um, and, you know, some other classic adventure stories, Robin Hood, Swiss Family Robinson, stuff like that. Um, and then in the climax of the movie, they are climbing this mountain of books to get to the exit so that uh, Richard, which they call Richie in the movie, can get out of the world of the stories and in back into the real world. So what you'll be doing is your lift heals you climbing up the mountain. But within this mountain, there is a dragon that you must defeat, just like in the end of the movie. Um... And as you're fighting that dragon, you take the plunge down and splash in. Uh, it, you splash into this multicolored tunnel um, that is the paint from the beginning of the movie, and you end up back into the real world. And you have now uh, traveled through the worlds of literature and developed this sense of adventure at the end of the attraction. Okay, I need to watch this movie and. <laughs> You need to get on building this. <laughs> that was amazing. I appreciate it. So it was it was genuinely one of my favorite movies growing up. And I know a lot of people don't know about it, but it was it, I was like, what is something I know other people aren't gonna pick? Because I also thought maybe doing like Space Jam or like um You know Adam's how family. fast I would have been on a Space Jam ride? <laughs> I really thought about doing a Space Jam ride, like with but the I, was, witness, I would be on a Space Jam ride. I, w- I was just really trying to like diversify and like go for something that might not get picked. And my other two um, attractions or three, I guess, attractions are more notable things. But it's a really good movie. It was a it was a 20th century Fox movie, and uh, it was just it was a really good movie. It was something that really stuck with me and like got me into reading and all that kinds of stuff. Um, so I, went nice. I like that. Thank you. Me too. Okay, Victoria, let's move on to you. What's your, uh, what's our, uh, what would this be? Our, one, two, three, our fourth ride in our 90s theme section. Sure. So this one is going, I didn't really, I couldn't really come up with a, a cool name for it, but it, it's a vision. So stay with me now. It's going to be an out of the box center. <gasps> Ooh. So you would basically go into, the center like you would on the show you would go to the little cardboard boxes or whatever mm-hmm. um, that's the children mm-hmm. oh, there's a door <laughs> so, you um, you better bet I'm crawling through that red tunnel like I always wanted to yeah I was going to say the adults have the option to talk, crawl through the tunnel but there is a door if they so choose <laughs> <laughs> there will also be you know a door for our disabled friends so I thought about that but um yeah, and then you would enter the world of the show. So it would be filled with... Now, see, this is where my like my preschool stuff came in. Because when you're a preschool teacher, you're supposed to have your room set up for certain activities to stimulate a child's mind. So one would be like a mm-hmm. science center. One would be like a... Um, a well, Scott, you know what I I get you. Yeah, you get it. So there's a center to stimulate every aspect of like science, art, all that stuff, which is what Out of the Box does. Ooh. So it's the same thing. So I kind of got like old original journey to imagination vibes with this but out of the box and better yes blue regard sorry (laughs) blue always has to make an appearance he's also an official cast member of dyslexic (laughs) (laughs) 
does not take he does not sign autographs. He does not take photos. But um, <laughs> so yeah, there will be um, a center to a spark. All the imagination it will be exactly like the show where you have an arts and crafts section. There'll be music. You can play drums. There'll be ill. And um, every few hours you can watch. There'll be ill. No blue coughed. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's why I said ill. He was like, it was like a hack. It was like. <laughs> But anywho, he's alive. The point is. And the final thing would be like every few hours you will be able to see like Tony and Vivian come out and do a play and then like kids can participate in the play as well. Oh, nice. So it'll be be cute little things like that. It'll be something to stimulate children and just be... And I felt like it was kind of okay to put technology in there a little bit. A little bit. So, uh, uh, some of it would be like sensory as well for those who have like you know issues with that. So it'll be a lot of sensory activities as well. And ultimately, I just wanted to make it accessible to everyone. So there'll be something for everyone to do, regardless of you know gender, you know accessibility, all that stuff. So yeah, out of the box center. I love that because what's so in the past two episodes we a lot of times I've noticed like us being adults we tend to focus especially building a park and that's why I think this challenge this month long kind of challenge is really fun a lot of us we we first our first thing is to go to like thrill rides or family rides mm-hmm. and we kind of forget what about people who don't like rides and so to have like a fun little activity type center place is actually really something we need within the park. Um, and I, I really, really love that idea because we don't have that yet in our park anywhere. Aha. Uh-huh. I almost <laughs> put it on a wall so that way I could be a basic bitch and take pictures, but I figured that would be too much. <laughs> out of the box. <laughs> because that wasn't an out of the box. <laughs> you know what? But like when you crawl in the box, you can like take pictures of the box. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, but then I was like, no, because then that kind of takes away from the experience of the 90s, because the 90s wasn't really about that, you know? True. True. So I was like, I'll skip that. <laughs> you can use your disposable cameras to take selfies in front of the... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That'll be in the gift shop. Yeah, it'll be in the gift shop, and you have to get them developed at the park exactly. for an additional oh. fee. Yes, I love how we're thinking of our coin while we're doing this. <laughs> we are oh, this a, whole time. We are still this a whole, business. Oh, you got, yeah, it's still a business. This whole time, though, I've been thinking about multiple things. And I'm like, the only reason I didn't say gift shops is because this is a decades theme park. There is not a single area that wouldn't instantly have a gift shop with, like, one for food, one for toys, one for clothes. <laughs> There's always going to be a gift shop. You are absolutely right. So I was like, I'm not challenging anybody to make a gift shop because that just already does itself with the Decades theme park. <laughs> but I, lo- I love that idea. Um, okay, Parker, let's move to you. What is your uh, second attraction for this art 90s theme area? Okay, well, in 1997, one of the biggest toy, pa- toy fads that came out was the oh, Tamagotchi. What? Oh, yeah. So, okay. Okay. May I present to you Tamagotchi Thunderdome. So this, oh my gosh, is essentially (laughs) this is essentially a modified bumper cars ride, where like you board a vehicle that kind of looks like you know your Tamagotchi pet, like their hamsters. I don't know what they are. (laughs) You board your your blobs. Your They were things. They were things. <laughs> yes. And the, so whatever that translates to in a 3D space, you're going to board one of those. And you kind of get a little screen onto all of the ride vehicles. And it kind of gives you a bunch of stats. So you're driving around this, like I said, like kind of like a bumper cars kind of space. But all around, um, there's different uh, just objects that are, uh, I guess, projected onto the floor. And your job, you need to drive over all of these different spots. So that would like feed your pet and do all that kind of stuff. Clean but, up the poop. <laughs> yes, exactly. But if your vehicle gets bumped, then you kind of lose some of those uh, points <gasps> and stats. So if you lose too many points, 
then your vehicle stalls out and you're kind of stuck there, not for the whole ride, because I feel like that would be boring, but for a substantial amount of time, or maybe it could even spin out, but there's a penalty if your pet quote unquote your dies. Tamagotchi dies. And you yes, to, exactly. You have to pay an, and then, an additional oh God, fee to re-ride. Teaching the children about death early, huh? <laughs> That's what Tamagotchis were for. They were they exactly. were to help us. We love the trauma. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, essentially your goal is to uh, keep your Tamagotchi alive and um, try to get as many points as possible. I am in love with that. I, I do have to ask, are the ride vehicles like the Tamagotchi, like little egg things that, that you were, that like you did, uh, what were the, like oh, the, the actual screen. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, like it was like a little oh, cracked yes. open egg. Oh my gosh, I love that. Oh my, that makes me a Tamagotchi. <sighs> Bleep bloop. <laughs> they didn't really make a bunch of noise. They kind of just bleeped and blooped. It was a poop. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to have one because I couldn't take care of it. Um, my sister had one and that and I didn't. Let's just say it didn't do well after I got a hold of it. Um, <laughs> a what? <laughs> yeah, it was it was unfortunate for her Tamagotchi. May it rest in peace. Um, <laughs> um, no, but that is amazing, and that's that's such a big fad with Tamagotchi. Oh yeah. You know what? I also almost thought about. I almost thought about like, what can I do with Beanie Babies? Oh, I just did. true. I was like Beanie Babies <laughs> and Pogs, and then none of that. Like, I just couldn't come up with any kind of a ride for Beanie Babies. <laughs> Oh I mean, my gosh, that was amazing. That would be a good gift shop idea, actually. Yes, instead of Squishmallows, we give Beanie Babies. Oh. That's it. Beanie Babies and Pogs gift shop. And Furbies. Ooh. And Furbies for the 90s, right? Yeah. Almost definitely. We have to have like a Furby walk around character. Yes. No! <laughs> no! Yes! Look, no. If, you, if you can have sewer smell, I can have a Furby walk around character. Look, the sewer smell is normal, but your idea is just childhood trauma. I, okay, I think we might need to unpack what normal is. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have time for that? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next episode. It's in the 90s. We're not really into therapy yet. <laughs> that was harsh, but it was true. <laughs> That's my health insurance. Don't cover that. Not either. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, after, you know, uh, defending your Tamagotchi and uh, creating some amazing crafts out of the box, you can head over to my next attraction, which is based on one of the best-selling book series of all time and a 90s icon and staple of schools and libraries. It is Goosebumps the Ride. Yes! <laughs> well, I take back my original comment about the trauma because now we're talking about real childhood trauma. <laughs> <laughs> so, I noticed... So, our park in the, the 80s section last week, we had... Um, two kind of horror-esque themed rides. One was a Freddy Krueger themed coaster and another one was a Beetlejuice themed drop tower um, that was created. And so I was like, let's bring in some more scary, um, but a different decade of scary. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a uh, Goosebumps the Ride and it is a classic ghost train style attraction where it's not interactive, it's not it, it's there's no like choose your own adventure it's just meant to be one of those classic haunted houses that you ride through so my pitch is come one come all to Horrorland on this classic ghost train style attraction hop on a Horrorland cart as you travel into the iconic best selling book series of the 1990s travel through the travel through some of the series most iconic books like Night of the Living Dummy The Haunted Mask Monster Blood, Welcome to Dead House, The Scarecrow Walks at Midnight, A Night in Terror Tower, Deep Trouble, and more, ending in a hair-raising finale in Horrorland. Can you finish this scary tale? And... Ooh. Thank you, I've been really working on my pitch skills. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, on this ghost train attraction, you are entering uh, a Horrorland-themed uh, 
ride. So you get on a uh, Horrorland themed ride car and go through the first book. So each section you're going into, each room you're going into, the doors that separate each section are the cover of each book you're going into. So um, you leave the station and instantly go into Night of the Living Dummy, where you are confronted with Slappy, the ventriloquist dummy, as he pops out and gives you a fright from all different sides, um, along with his family of ventriloquist dummies. Uh, Next, you bust into the haunted mask, and you are in the iconic graveyard scene where the mask, um, who are following Sarah Beth, um, trying to get her face, are popping out, uh, ending with a final scare from Sarah Beth herself as she begs you to help her um, remove the mask. Uh, The next one is Monster Blood, and with Monster Blood, instead of the kind of first... Uh, books, book kind of series or section of the book where, because it was like a multiple part mini series in the series. Um, there's like this creature in a swamp. So you see the different creatures from each book. So we have the weird swamp creature in the original Monster Blood. We have the big scary hamster from Monster <laughs> Blood 3, I think it is. His name is Cuddles, by the way. Um, oh. You say ah until he bites your face off. But (laughs) (laughs) all these different monsters from the Monster Bone series are popping out. Um, You then go into Welcome to Dead House. And while you're there, you are traveling through the house, avoiding all the zombie townspeople who are trying to eat you. Um, And then you bust into the Scarecrow Walks at Midnight, where you're going through the farm. And as Scarecrows pop out and give you scares from all kinds of sides, you're trying to finally make your way out of the ride except you don't you end up in a night in terror tower where the executioner is chasing after you oh my um until you end up in deep trouble which is where you are chased after by uh the multiple humanoid scary sea creatures in this underwater section of the attraction and you finally end in the big finale which um includes a a uh drop sequence you know, like you know a drop um as you end up on a roller coaster inside of the iconic Horrorland theme park from the book series. Ooh. And uh, you end with a couple drops and turns and spins as the horrors and other classic Goosebumps characters pop out and give you a final fright as you exit the book with R.L. Stein um, giving you a little bit of exposition and congratulating you on uh, finishing the book series. Nice. Wow. Thank you. I I thought it'd be really fun because one, it it's literally the second best selling children's book series of all time, right sure. after Harry Potter. I was about <laughs> to say it's in Harry Potter. Yep, yeah, right after Harry Potter. <laughs> um, I collected the books. Like I watched the TV show. I was part of the fan club. I had the board games, the video game. Like I was all in it. Like I loved Goosebumps, and so I was like. I can't make a 90s section of the park without goosebumps. I have to have this. It only makes sense. Uh, right? Indeed. <laughs> um, and then I had two backup attractions that I'm going to run through really quick. Uh, the first one, and the reason I got rid of it is because I already had goosebumps, so I didn't really want two spooky-esque attractions. So uh, one of my backups was Casper and Cat's Great Adventure, based on the 1995 Casper movie. Nice. With Christina nice. Ritchie. Um, another one of my favorite movies growing up, but, um, in this ride, you get on the iconic chair, um, that Casper's father made, his, the inventor that Christina Ritchie rides through this weird, spooky, um, kind of get ready, <laughs> 90s get ready with me setup. Um, <laughs> I don't know if y'all remember that scene, but it's so funny to me. Um, but you know, you're joining Casper and Cat as they're trying to find a hidden treasure hidden by Casper's dad while also avoiding um, Uncle Fatso, Stretch, and Stinky as they try to scare you and spook you out of finding the prize. Um, so this one would be kind of like a more family-centered, almost like classic Fantasyland-style dark ride. Okay. Kind of similar to Mr. Toad, but with more updated um, animatronics and effects. I see that. And then finally, I we don't have like a teacup style attraction yet. And um, 
Parker, you may have heard of these. There's, there are teacup style attractions that are themed to like pool balls, like billiards, like pools. Yes. Yes. Pool? Um, but instead of that, Pokeballs for Pokemon. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yes. We have like, a licensing agreement? Huh? We have a licensing agreement with Pokemon in this park? We do now. <laughs> I mean, it was one of the biggest fads to sweep the decade. Like, Pokemon was huge. And so, uh, I like, there was no way I, I could, well, like, I did a backup because it was one of those things I thought somebody might have picked, but basically a teacup style attraction with where you get into Pokeballs and you spin around and have a good time, but surrounding the ride are different Pokemon with different effects that go off as you spin. Oh, I love that. The ride. So Pikachu has some lightning bolts and Squirtle has like sprays some water and Bulbasaur, you know, sprays out like some puffs of air, like as, as like a, uh, the spores that he can let out and all that, all that fun stuff. Charizard blows some fire, all the fun stuff. Or Charmander, whatever the little one is. Oh, uh, Charmander, I think. Yeah, Charmander, because Charizard is one is a big giant dragon. The dragon, yeah. But yeah, I think that'd be really. I think <gasps> that'd be a fun little Wait, attraction. Into that. Can huh? we have? The people that work the ride dress up as 90s parents and welcome them to the Pokemon attraction. Yes! Because <laughs> it was not the 90s. Oh my goodness. And are you watching that Pokemon? It's Pokemon, it's- Dad. <laughs> Isn't that that ketchup boy? The ketchup boy? <laughs> yeah, that's him, Mom. Yeah, that's him, <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I just had flashbacks to my childhood right there. <laughs> same, same. <laughs> I would just be like, it's nothing, it's nothing, it's nothing, it's nothing. <laughs> uh, but those are my two backup attractions. Okay. Now let's move on to our entertainment offering. So that could be a show, a movie, you know, whatever you want to add. Um, or whatever you come up with. So Victoria, we'll start with you. What's your 90s entertainment offering? All right. So my 90s entertainment, um, similar to Scott with Goosebumps, I did something that was familiar to me that I enjoyed, and it's Madeline. (gasps) So I was like obsessed with Madeline. Like Madeline was my shit. So, (laughs) um, So I figured there could be a Madeline show um, I didn't really know if it was gonna be like a kid show. Well, obviously it'd be a kid show, but like I didn't know what kind of kid show it was gonna be at first, and then mm-hmm. I, I thought through it. So it was gonna be originally where you explore Paris with Madeline and her classmates. Very simple. But while you're exploring, you know, Madeline loses her hat, and so you're roaming through Paris, passing like the famous sites like the gardens, Versailles, the Louvre, mm-hmm. Eiffel Tower. Um, and along like all the other familiar places that you see in the show and all while you are learning some French words and a little bit of history so essentially it would be like Dora the Explorer but French and live (laughs) and then there'll be some really like catchy French music so I love it and then everybody gets croissants I mean (laughs) in the gift shop you can a Madeline croissant. A Madeline croissant in the Madeline gift shop. <laughs> and, then the, and I did actually have a gift shop, but like the gift shop would be themed to like her, um, the school. Oh, okay. oh I love yeah. that. Yeah. So like I think I had it pictured in Epcot at first, but then I was like, nah, whatever. So yeah, the gift <laughs> shop cool, and then like it would just be like a little show. So yeah. I love that. I loved Madeline too, actually, growing up. Oh, that yeah, was a same. really fun show, and it was a very comforting show for me. So yes. to have like a live Madeline show, that's great. And it also a really good selling book series of the 90s. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. Like, matter of fact, one of my favorite souvenirs I got from Paris was a Madeline, the original Madeline book, all in French. One of my favorite <gasps> things I got. Oh, wow. I nice. Love that. I have also now figured out that I am the only person on this podcast who has not been to France. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Well, fix it. I will when I have money. Yeah, I felt that. Fair, fair. <laughs> <laughs> Crescent, stop. Sorry, he's chewing on a wire. Sorry, hold on. When we said croissant, he, we, we, he thought you said his name. <laughs> okay, so as she's dealing with her children, which are animals, by the way. Um, <laughs> this is the baby. He don't know no better. <laughs> he's still learning. <laughs> Let's move over to Parker. Parker, what is your entertainment offering for our 90s theme area? Okay, well, um, I don't have a name for it, but I wanted to do something that highlighted the music of the 90s and just how diverse it was. Mm-hmm. So I have a musical show that focuses on uh, two rival groups. I don't really want to say they're like a boy band and a girl band because, you know, we want to leave room for our non-binary performers. But basically mm-hmm. one is just like your bubblegum pop and your other one is kind of like your cool, suave group. And basically these two groups are trying to compete for a headline at this little hangout that they're always at, which is called The Spot. You know, it's kind of like oh, the teen club. Or... I love it. <laughs> so yeah, there's basically this thing where they can like headline at the spot and they're competing and all that stuff but all of a sudden it turns out that uh the spot might be taken over by a diva named mariah aguilera who wants to convert the spot into her own personal lounge really funny (laughs) so in our imaginary park we have all the rights (laughs) we do we do So basically, these two bands need to put their differences aside and come together to save this spot. And along the way, they team up with like a grunge group and they come across a hip hop group and like uh, a uh, country singer and just all different. They they sing different 90s songs that just cover all the different genres that were popular in the 90s. And through the power of friendship and music, they foil Mariah Aguilera's plan and they saved the spot and they all shared the headlining spot. I love this. And I would be the first in line to watch this every time it performs in the park. <laughs> you know what it's given me? It's given me Dreamland Drive-In vibes from Dollywood. Oh, um, yeah, I think I with, know what you mean. Yeah, and so it's, it's similar-ish, except it's all 1950s music and it does have a plot similar to your story. Except yours is a little more um, diverse and like kind of, uh, it, it, it has a like a longer, more deeper story than Dreamland Drive-In does. Mm-hmm. And so I would totally go see that like instantly. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so for me, I actually took a uh, pre-existing show that has already exist, but has been gone for many, many, many years, and I think is perfect and deserves to come back um, in some form at a theme park. So back in the day, Kings Island and Kings Dominion um, hosted a permanent version of a traveling show um, that was produced by the one and only, and it wouldn't be the 90s without it, Nickelodeon. Of course. <laughs> it was like it was the number one network for kids, and at one point got close to being the number one TV network of the decade. Um, Makes sense. Yeah, I watched a whole documentary about it on Hulu called The Orange Years, and it's really fantastic. If you guys have any interest in Nickelodeon history or the channel or anything, go watch it. It's it amazing. Really- I liked it. You watched it? Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. Um, But um, this show was called Mega Mesomania, and you can find actual videos of it at Kings Island on YouTube. And it was a touring show, and basically it taught it, it taught about the um, the history of mess on Nickelodeon, you know, slime, pies, gas, <laughs> all that stuff. Um, and uh, it was an interactive show that invited uh, guests to participate in messy challenges as you learn the history of the number one kids network. Um, and uh, it had interactive spots where guests would get slimed and pied and do double dare style obstacle courses and get slimed like uh, you can't do that on television and get pied in the face like what would you do like all these classic game shows that had mess 
Um, but at the end, um, they also would have kids helping this professor who was trying to like chill out the slime like machine that was on the back of the stage because the slime kind of had a mind of its own and would get overheated. So the kids would have to like mm-hmm. pump on these bikes and um, like turn these handles and it would spray water out into the audience. Um, Cause you know, it was mega messamania. It was meant to be messy. Mm-hmm. So it would spray water out into the audience to basically like relieve some of the pressure of the slime machine in the back. Um, but basically the slime machine was all like hyped up by noise. So, you know, it's kids, it's Nickelodeon, be loud, be crazy, scream, stomp, all that stuff. Um, and basically the, uh, these kids that were at the back of the stages, like spraying people were trying to like relieve the pressure of it. And uh, eventually at the end of it, everybody was yelling and screaming and having a good time. And that was like the whole point of the show. And the whole slime machine in the back would explode with slime. And like, it may have been water dyed green or whatever, but like it would be green slime coming out of this machine, like flowing all over the stage. Um, The water sprayers would go off and spray everybody like a ton. And, you know, it was a, it was the whole point of the show was to be a big, messy, fun time. And I think doing that in a stadium type setting would be super fun um, to bring back that show. But at the end, um, you could, you could exit into um, what I would like to call uh, the Nickelodeon Nostalgia Museum. And in this Mm -hmm. museum section of it, um, you could explore iconic sets and take pictures and um, all that stuff on the sets of like all that and the Amanda show and the mystery follows Shelby Wu and are you afraid of the dark? And, and you could even get on to like cartoon sets like Rocco's modern life and rocket power and cat dog and uh, real monsters and all that. Um, and uh, you could play with interactive exhibits. Like maybe you help Shelby Wu solve a mystery. Maybe you're, Maybe you play some of the video games from Nick Arcade or your, or, you know, you design your own monster from our monster, you know, kind of similar to like, um, image works at, or whatever it's called at, uh, journey into imagination in Epcot. And like all the little Epcot pavilions where you can interact and stuff. And you can also do an animation Academy style thing where you get to learn how to draw your favorite Nicktoons. And also, you know, see iconic costumes and props and play like iconic challenges from like Double Dare and you know talk to Olmec from Legends of the Hidden Temple and like all that fun stuff from Nickelodeon um and maybe even get slimed yeah, who knows um but yeah it would be the Mega Mess Mania show and the Nickelodeon Nostalgia Museum combined into one big show slash attraction I love that <laughs> I purposely avoided saying anything Nickelodeon based because I knew I knew you were gonna come up with something and not. Y'all know it. It everything. was literally my everything as a child. I am wow. That was very detailed. Thank you. I appreciate. It. I it, it's no, like, it's almost similar to Huh? No, I was saying it's a good thing. Like it was so no. well thought out. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. that. That's kind of what I was thinking. And like I know it's a show that already existed. But, like, if you guys go look at it, uh, go look it up on uh, YouTube and stuff, it was a really fun, like, energetic theme park show. And sounds oh, the, like thing, the thing was, you could buy VHSs of, like, your family, well, you know, being in the show and stuff at the end of the show. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was so cool. And that's what it is. It's people's VHSs of them in the show that they bought as souvenirs from King's Island and King's Dominion and the touring show and all that stuff. Um but like I don't know I just think it'd be really fun and it you can't have 90s without Nickelodeon like Nickelodeon oh no overtook the 90s like there was no there's no way you can get around that like no one was competing until well Cartoon Network was Cartoon Network was but like Toon Disney uh Cartoon Network like Disney Channel none of them were getting anywhere near the ratings of Nickelodeon in the 90s and not until the early 2000s when they started releasing um or the, not until the very late 90s, early 2000s, where they started releasing, like, Powerpuff Girls and Dexter's mm. Lab and um, Ed and Nettie, or Disney Channel was coming up with, you know, uh, Lizzie McGuire and Even Stevens and That's So Raven. And not until those shows came about were they getting the ratings as close to Nickelodeon was. So that's why I kind of went with that instead of any other channel, because the other channels really took off within the 2000s. Got to 
Nickelodeon walked so these bitches could run. It's true. True. (laughs) It's so true. Nickelodeon's older than Disney Channel. It is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. True. It was around since, it's been around since the 70s, but it was just under different names. But that's my entertainment offering. Okay, now we're going to finish out our section with none other than the most important part of any theme park, the food. The food. Look, I can tell you, you can have the best rides, but if you have crappy food, I re- it really does make me question on how often I want to go. Well, I will let you know how King's Dominion fares. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and tell you, Cedar Fair food is pretty good across the board. For the most part. <laughs> For the most part. So, I'm excited to try that. I, since I've never been to King's Dominion, I can't tell, I can't speak on what they have, but King's Island's food is actually really, really good. <laughs> Ooh, we'll see. We will see because we're planning something. Um, we'll talk <laughs> about that at a later date. <laughs> um, but yeah, Victoria, let's start with you. What what are what is your food offering that you would like to add to our ninety section? Okay, so my food offering has been done, but I'm doing it differently. So it's going to be a Golden Girls Cafe, which has been done before, but the way I mm-hmm. It, is that it would have more of a Miami feel to it because they are from Miami and it would be a character dining experience so you can actually like chat and take pictures with all the golden girls oh so, I love that so it would have brunch um, lunch and dinner so no breakfast it, it's gonna be like um, originally I wanted to do buffet style but I honestly don't know what is most popular in Miami. So basically I said, um, there will be 40 different types of cheesecakes where the signature would change <laughs> every month to feature a local bakery specialty to serve. Yeah. And the food would include Cuban and American style food. So it will be burgers, empanadas, Cuban sandwiches, fritters. Oh yeah. Oh, fried plantains is the first thing I thought of. And last but not least, the official coffee of the cafe will be Cafe Bustelo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and there's going to be alcohol. But. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, and last but not least, sorry, I completely forgot. Um, Yeah, so for the brunch only, there will be um, a, it's going to be sort of like a drag brunch, but with the Golden Girls. So <laughs> yes. I love it. Only dragon. for the brunch. Can you have that? <laughs> that is everything. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. I can't wait to eat there. Um, okay, Parker, let's move on to you. What's your food offering? Okay, um, mine is Central Perk, which of course is the coffee shop yes! of friends. Um, so it'll kind of be set up like you see on the show, but there'll also be like be different uh, friends memorabilia around and um, you can get, you know, their different kind of specialty coffees and little pastries and baked goods. And of course, inside there will be a stage and every so often they'll bring on acoustic performers or uh, there'll be opportunities for guests to sign up and, you know, there'll be a guitar and a piano and uh, different instruments that guests can actually use and perform. So it'll be like just an open mic coffee house. I love that. I'm running up there to play Smelly Cat right now. <laughs> yes, yes. And then I feel like it, it's only, um, y- you have to have like a Phoebe impersonator uh, every so often as one of the highlighted oh performers. Yes, just like have the friends like sitting in the cafe from time to time. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm not the graphic for this. <laughs> look, 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 I'll say this. It's fr- Friends is questionable now, but in the time That's... it was the show, so... It was? Yeah. But, all I know is Pivot and something about they were on a break. That's all I could tell you. They were, were on, on a break. A break. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, were they on a break? I don't know who they are, but were they? They were on a break. Well, yeah. they were and they well, weren't on a break. They were on a break. But... Um, <laughs> I love that idea. And people would flock there 
to go get that Simple Perk. True. Yes. Style <laughs> thing. I mean, they already do at the Warner Brothers store, so. Exactly. Like this alone will get people through the gates. <laughs> <laughs> it really would. It would get a lot of people through the gates. So um, for me, I have uh, three that are very simple, very quick. My first one is Clueless Cafe. Ooh. Um, and in this cafe, you get to enter the realm of this iconic 90s hit as you dine among the fashion and props of the 90s classic. Um, and then I had to write this. I was like, no room for dessert. As if. <laughs> Goodbye. And, you know, it, it, it would it. be very California-esque, you know. We'd have, you know, salads and smoothies and, you know, kind of health, more health-conscious style food because, right, you know. We need that. <laughs> we know how Cher was. <laughs> um, my next one would be, uh, it would be a little restaurant called After School Snacks, and it would be all your favorite after school snacks, but elevated um, for a Ooh. dining experience. So you could get Gushers Boba Tea, uh, a, you know, Dunkaroos desserts, uh, Squeeze It's cocktails. 3D Doritos Ooh. nachos. Mm, okay. uh, this is like Woody's lunchbox on lunchbox on steroids. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like bagel bites, personal pizzas that are like big giant bagels as the crust. <laughs> and more of your favorite after school snacks that you can um, get as legit food instead of just a snack. Um, and then finally, I had to do a quick backup. It needs no introduction. It goes with the Nick- Nickelodeon area. It's Good Burger. We have to have Good Burger somewhere. Mm-hmm. I just feel like that's a given. Plus, you got to have burgers and fries for picky people. <laughs> so that's going to do it for us. That's going to end our 1990s section of Dyslexics Decades Park. I love it, and I can't wait. We only have one more section left, which is our 2000 sections next week, and I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Um, but before we go, it's time for plugs. Parker, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Uh, I don't think so. Parker. <laughs> now. <laughs> hey, this is my version of you going, Scott, what would you do? Well, Scott, thanks for asking. <laughs> so I can't believe you. I'm still not over the meme you called me out with. I saved it too. Uh, but anyways, yes, I do have a few things. Um, So I have my channel, which is called Adventures with Parker, which is your home for theme park, travel, local, and outdoor adventures. Um, I pretty much do two different kinds of videos on there. So I do like vlogs from different adventures I go on. Then I also do uh, my series called Theme Park Parlay, which is basically just uh, just talking about theme park history and news and just opinions and stuff. And yeah, uh, it's pretty cool. You should check it out. And along with that, I have my Instagram and my Twitter, which you can find at ADV Parker. Um, and yeah, those are pretty cool. So check it out. If you do not subscribe to his channel, you are not a fan of theme parks or just life in general. Because <laughs> Parker's one of those people who just makes you want to go out and explore locally and go around the world. And just he, he, Parker's one of those people who really gets you wanting to just live life to the fullest. And he's legitimately one of my favorite YouTube channels in the whole world so if you're not subscribed you're really missing out and i'm telling you that now um uh victoria do you have anything you'd like to plug absolutely not oh never would have imagined that (laughs) (laughs) but um no so um i guess i could plug my instagram uh that's he calls me pineapple princess i just started getting more active again on it so yeah, I'll probably be posting a lot more comedy stuff on there. Um, then I have my TikTok, which is Pineapple Princess 340. Um, usually sharing news or like funny stuff that's Disney related. Uh, I'm trying to think anything else. Oh yeah, if you want to book a vacation, but like Disney Universal, uh, Kings Island, wherever you want to go, I am a travel agent now. So, yeah, you can find me at my, well, the link in the bio for any of those social medias. You can book or get a quote. The end. Fantastic. Y'all better book a trip because you know she's going to give you the best trip. And if you want some no-nonsense mm-hmm. Disney news, 
and a real person to follow, not somebody who's just going to blah, blah, blah and suck up to anybody, it's Victoria. Yes. So you need to give her a follow if you want somebody who's honest and fair about what, you know, their opinions on anything that's coming out. Disney, Universal, theme parks, etc. and so on. Um, at, do you have anything to plug? I do. <laughs> Unlike YouTube. Um, <laughs> for me, you can follow me on Twitter at, at Scott021 or look up Dyslexic. You can follow me on Instagram at Dyslexic96 and on TikTok at Dyslexic. I know I've been a little off on some of those social medias lately. I'm sorry. I'm, I will get back to it, but I've just kind of been enjoying actually being able to go outside after a year of you know seclusion and such. So, um, you know, that's kind of my focus is being in the real world for a little bit <laughs> after being stuck at home for so long. Um, but yeah, that's where you can follow me and you can listen to Dyslexic every week. So that's going to do it for us for this week's Dyslexic Decades Park, our 1990s section. If you like this episode, you can check out all of season one through three of Dyslexic and season one and two of Ultimate Imagineer on all major podcast platforms. That is uh, Ultimate Imagineer's my theme park design competition that happens every winter. Um, if you really, really like this episode, then uh, give us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform of choice. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, etc., and so on. And uh, share the show with your friends and family to help this show grow. I'd really appreciate it. We're three seasons in, a big cast, a diverse cast of people who really put a lot of work into this show, and I would really love for it to grow. Um, thank you all once again for joining us. I can't wait to see you next week for the 2000s, and have an amazing week. Bye, everybody.